What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the landmark 20th episode of Chatter Up with your hosts, myself, Bobby Rubin, and the one, the only, the man who is now officially able to say that he has a sister-in-law, Jared Wiesel. How's it going, man? Episode 20. Our podcast is nearly eligible to drink legally. Does that now mean that, like, we have to take greater care? I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. We have a responsibility to the listeners. Of course we do, which is why we're bringing the best content. And because of that, you should right now go to Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe, give us a rating and review. We would love it. We would greatly appreciate it. This week, Jared Football is back. We're going to get into it with a huge What Did I Miss? We'll also catch up on the upcoming conclusion of the NBA playoffs and a whole lot more. We've got another trivia segment. We're bringing back the champ chump and even Jared. We're bringing back, could it work? Finally, it's back. It is time to dive right in. It's time to do this. Jared, are you ready to do this? I am stoked. Then let's get stoked and let's chatter up. All right, here we go, man. This is it. What did I miss? The segment that I've been waiting for a while, but we'll get into that in a second. Jared, a lot has happened this week. Football is back. Can you believe this? I honestly can't. I mean, there was a long period of time where we both thought this was definitely not going to happen. And here we are one week in. It's so surreal, but let's dive right in. Jared, what did we miss this week? Well, Bobby, you are going to take particular interest in the first what did I miss of this segment. The game of the week, I think everyone would say, going into it, was Bucks saints Brady versus Breeze, the inaugural game of Tampa Bay. And it turned out pretty much exactly how you described the Buccaneers season would turn out. Some people might say, one weekend, it's a little bit early to take a victory lap. But you are not some people. And so I turn this over to you. Go ahead and just take your victory lap. Do you feel that? Do you feel the air? Because that's the air of I told you so. I called this. He's not Tom Brady anymore. He's an old guy who happens to throw a football around. With the name He's, Brady on the back. Yeah, which is, a, you know, whatever, a minor, a minor thing. Three consecutive weeks, including going back to the playoffs, he's thrown a pick six. How many quarterbacks do that? The ones that suck. Tom Brady threw two interceptions, one for a touchdown, lost the game. The Bucs did not look good. So that's point one. Point number two, I told you so again. Rob Gronkowski. How good was he? He had six, no, five, no, no. Oh, he had two, two receptions for 11 yards. This guy is not the same Rob Gronkowski anymore. And the Bucks look like garbage. Dare I say that they may have been better with Jameis Winston at quarterback? He definitely could have thrown that pick six, that's for sure. It's just awesome to watch this and to know that I was so right. And you know what? One week indicates the rest of the season. 
just like a Redskins or sorry, Washington football team indicates a Super Bowl, that win indicates the Super Bowl, so too the Bucks look like garbage. And I'm gonna just throw this in here, this segment. Jared, tell me I'm wrong that I was wrong because you can't, because I was right. Well, Bobby, what would you say to people who would argue and say, Yeah, they didn't look great yesterday, but they also played the Saints, who are arguably the best team in the NFC, who have way more continuity going for them than the Bucks, right? Same coach, same quarterback, same key ingredients that have been there basically the last, what, three, four years. The Bucks, obviously, this is like on-the-job training. Everything's being learned on the fly because we didn't have preseason. We had like the weirdest offseason history. Obviously, new quarterback, a lot of new pieces. Is it too early to say that the Bucks are not a playoff team based on just one game, one loss against a really good Saints team? Well, first of all, this, this game was never really close. Like, the Saints kind of had it in hand for the most part, especially if we were watching the gameplay. They had this in hand. Now, reminder, my prediction was 9-7. and seven. That's a winning season. They're going to win games. Yes, it's early. They're going to get in the groove. But it's a lot of pieces to fit together to get in the groove. Tom's only got two years on that contract. Maybe... They start putting this together, like really start clicking in like week eight or nine. And at that point, is it too late? I think so. I think they have a winning season. I think they're a decent team. But God, people were ready to crown them. I mean, come on. Now, somebody that I also said we should crown when I said my Super Bowl pick was Aaron Rodgers. Jared, once again. Tell me that I was wrong. He throws for four touchdown passes in a go shut the F up to everyone. He looks amazing. But he always looked amazing. And that's the whole point. He never lost it. He was great last year. He looks great this year. I mean, didn't he not look like an MVP type quarterback? Yeah, he looked like the guy that he was a couple seasons ago. I mean, we talked about it in the very first episode of this podcast, the original Chatter Up, that last year he just didn't look like the same guy. And part of that probably was new coach, new offense. I mean, that was the first new offense that Aaron Rodgers had to learn, basically in his career, right? I mean, McCarthy was there from the beginning. And so part of it was probably that. And now he's in year two of that offense, and he looked like the guy that he was three, four years ago, which was the best quarterback in football. Now, is he going to sustain that over the course of the season? Too early to know, but it was definitely a giant middle finger game to everyone out there who said he's done, and really to the organization who went out and drafted Jordan Love early. And it's like, if you're the Packers, they took a lot of crap for drafting Jordan Love early and not really adding a lot of wide receivers. But if it turns out that that's the motivation that Aaron Rodgers needed to get back to what he was, then hell of a pick. Seriously, and if your number one receiver is Devontae Adams, which he is a number one receiver, mm-hmm. and then you just have a circus of individuals at any level for number two, you know, pick who your favorite guy is, and he's still able to go out there and win 10, 12. Hell, he won 13 last year. I mean, that's the dude is maybe the greatest quarterback skill wise ever. And that's a good team, too, Minnesota. They were obviously a playoff team last year, a division rival. It's not like they did that against my Jets. They did it <laughs> against a legit team, right? I mean, there's really nothing you can take away from him. 
It was excellent. It was phenomenal. I stand by my pick, Super Bowl champion. You know who wasn't phenomenal yesterday, Bobby? That would be the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, well, they started phenomenal. It did not end phenomenal because your Washington football team just took over from basically the end of the second quarter on, flipped the game on its head somehow, really on the back of that loaded defensive line. Bobby, are you in on the Washington football team? It would be so ridiculous for me to say that I'm in on this team, but wow, was that something. I mean, typically, you know, when you do a sports podcast and you can only hit a couple of games, the Washington football team isn't going to be on there. And even though they're my team, they're not on this list right now that we're talking about because they're my team. They're on this list because that game was absurd. Philadelphia had that in hand 17 to nothing. And I don't know if you were watching it, but I was. And it was atrocious. I mean, there was a third and 22 play that Carson Wentz just throws it up downfield and completes it for 50 yards. I mean, it, w- it was a joke. I mean, it, the announcers were even like, well, this isn't much of a game, but at least you get to see a really cool offense. And then something flipped. You know, they say Ron Rivera went into halftime. He had a planned IV. And then Dwayne Haskins made a great speech. And then they came out. But, like, it wasn't even Haskins. It was the defensive line. I mean, eight sacks? Eight sacks? And Carson Wentz is no scrub. Like, he should know to get rid of the ball. They were awesome. Am I in on this team to make the playoffs? No. Am I in on this team to win the division? No. Will they even have a winning record? I doubt it. But there's a really good shot that they finish top 10 in defense. Yeah, it's nice to be able to feel good about your team one week into the season. It's been a while for me. But, look, the Eagles were playing without a bunch of guys. I mean, I know Jalen Rager played, but he was pretty banged up. Obviously, Miles Sanders, most notable of all, banged up. But still, I mean, and I got to give you more credit. This is really your week. This is a Bobby episode because you've been talking up that defense the entire offseason, basically. And obviously, mm-hmm. look, I mean, it's not, it's not coming out of nowhere. They have five first-round picks on that defensive line. You'd expect for them to be studs. And they were. They really were. I mean, Chase Young coming out of the gate with a sack and a half. The, the mm-hmm. sky's the limit for that guy. And look, you're right. Are they, are they really – are they Super Bowl contenders? Obviously not at this point. Are they playoff contenders? Probably not. I mean, even after yesterday's game, you'd still have the Eagles ahead of them. You'd still have the Cowboys ahead of them. The Cowboys mm-hmm. also lost, but like mm-hmm. still, after one week, you can't vault the Redskins over either of those two teams. But if you have a pass rush like that, you can compete with anybody. And so are they going to sustain it over the course of the season? I doubt it. But when you have studs like that, they can really be in every single game. It was really something to watch. Now, Quick would you rather, Bobby. Redskins win the Super Bowl and Snyder stays on as owner, or the Redskins stink, and Snyder has to sell the team at the end of the year. I take option two because I already expect them to lose, so I take the expectation and the absolute glee that I would have like a child seeing him out of here. Now, we'll go from a probably not Super Bowl contending team, and we'll finish up the NFL here. Lamar Jackson shredded the Browns. So I have two questions for you here, because the game was never close. Number one, are the Ravens legitimate threats to the Chiefs to being the top dog in the AFC? And number two, is this another disappointing season for Cleveland, or is it too early to tell? Yeah, I mean, number one, I think for sure. The Ravens obviously were the number one seed in the AFC last year. That was not a fluke. I mean, if you thought it was, then 
You saw what they did to the Browns on Sunday. You saw how good Lamar Jackson looked. It was almost like he saw that Thursday night game with Mahomes, who for Mahomes standards wasn't great, right? I mean, three touchdowns, sure, but 211 yards is for Mahomes. You'd expect more. And Lamar Jackson was like, all right, I'm just going to top that and, and went out and did it. It's almost like Lakers, Clippers, and the NBA that Chiefs, Ravens is the matchup that everyone expects, everyone would want to see in the AFC Championship game. We'll probably end up getting that. And as for your second question, the Browns, I just don't know what to say about the Browns anymore. They were so hyped coming into last season. Obviously, they didn't live up to that. They went out this offseason. They fixed the offensive line. They signed Jack Conklin. They drafted Jedrick Wills. You had a new coach. You know, you got rid of Freddie Kitchens. You thought maybe this is what they need to finally become relevant again. And while not ruling them out yet, it looked exactly the same as it did last year, if not worse, right? Like Baker Mayfield, I kind of gave him a pass for last year because of how bad the offensive line was and because of how good he looked in that rookie year of his. But he just looked god-awful again yesterday. And Odell Beckham Jr., a complete non-factor. And look, I get they're playing the Ravens, who I just said are, if not the favorites, second to the Chiefs to come out of the AFC. But to not even be competitive with all the talent that they have, it's just tough to watch. It's so weird because once again, they came out with hype just like they did last year. Was it as much as last year? Maybe not, but still very close. And they were able to muster six points against an Earl Thomas-less Baltimore Ravens. You lose a guy like Earl Thomas. Now, don't get me wrong. The Ravens still have a very staunch defense, but I mean, six points, that's what you can muster when the Redskins Sorry, the Washington football team is able to put out 27 with the joke of an offense. I mean, it's... And going against the prevent defense, too, for most of the game, right? Because that was not close pretty early on. Ravens, I'm sure, playing soft defense pretty much the entire second half. You can't even score some garbage time points. I mean, it's, it's, it's shocking. And again, week one, try and give it a pass. But it is, if I'm a Browns fan, I am not happy. I'm very scared. You know who else is scared right now, Bobby? Fans of the Los Angeles Clippers. We have tomorrow night Clippers-Nuggets Game 7. Now, this series, it didn't look like it was going to be close at all. The Clippers got out to a 3-1 lead. We thought, all right, we're getting that series, like I just talked about, that everyone wanted to see. Lakers-Clippers, Western Conference Finals. The Nuggets have stormed back to win Game 5 and Game 6. Do you think the Nuggets actually turn this around and win Game 7 tomorrow, Bobby? I could have sworn that the Clippers would have taken this in five. They went up 3-1, and I was like, okay, team is just too talented. The Nuggets had a great run against the Jazz coming back from 3-1 in what I consider to be probably the most entertaining series of the playoffs so far in the playoffs that have already been wildly entertaining. And I was like, okay, it's Kawhi, it's Paul George, it's enough. And it hasn't been. And, you know, Max Kellerman made an interesting point earlier today. He said, you know, for the Clippers to win, Kawhi Leonard has to be the best player on the court for that game. And he hasn't been. You know, last game it was Jokic. Jokic isn't a scrub. He's an MVP player, and Jamal Murray's turning into that. But Kawhi is Kawhi, and he has to be the best player on the floor. If it's not him, it's not enough for it just to be George. 
So I'm dancing around the subject because I, I don't know, man. I, I have to believe Kawhi is going to show up in game seven and we'll see a Lakers Clippers Western conference finals. But if it's not, then I won't be shocked to see the nuggets in the Western conference finals. And then we'll have a hard time betting against them against the Lakers. Right. Yeah, it's weird because, honestly, the Clippers feel like a team that I should be rooting for to win this game. Like, the franchise has been a joke for so long. They're obviously the stepchild of that city. They'll never be what the Lakers are. And it's cool after so many years of failure. And, and I know they had the run with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin where they were contenders. But that, I mean, that, in the course of their history, that's just a blip of success. And I was happy for them when Kawhi Leonard went there, when Paul George went there. I thought, like, cool, this is going to be – this is fun to see – this team that's really never had any level of success be a real championship contender. And yet the Clippers have just played this whole season. Like they are entitled to get to the Mm -hmm. Western conference Mm -hmm. finals and like between all the load management and not taking, it's seeming like not taking these games seriously at all, that it almost makes me feel like I should be rooting for the Nuggets to win game seven because like the Nuggets seem to care more than the Clippers and like, why should the Clippers be rewarded for basically playing this season as if it was just a warm up for Clippers Lakers in the conference finals. And yet I just can't bring myself to do it. I think not that nuggets Lakers wouldn't be a good series, but we've just been preparing mentally for mm-hmm. so long to see that Kawhi against LeBron to determine who comes out of the Western conference that I, I just can't go against that. And for the same reason that you're saying before, it's tough for me to think, Kawhi Leonard is not going to get it done because we've just seen him do it so many times in the past. But honestly, it's, it's really a toss-up at this point. It's wild. And even if the Nuggets lose, I mean, they've made believers that have everybody, that they're contenders in the West and that they can go toe-to-toe with anybody, literally anybody. And I believe that if they go to the Western Conference Finals, they'll go toe-to-toe with the Lakers too, and it'll be a competitive series. Quick preview for the Eastern Conference side of things, Celtics Heat, who you got? I don't know, Bobby. This is like this is such a puzzling series because honestly, like I would never have thought the Heat would have gotten here. So it'd be so easy to be like Celtics. They've looked really good. Obviously, Toronto probably took a lot out of them with that seven game series. But Tatum looks great. Brown looks great. Kemba looks good. And it's like yeah, the, the Heat have Jimmy Butler, and then it's like a like we said last week, a bunch of good players. And so I I want to just say like Celtics take this, but. Seeing what the Heat did to the Bucks, which was like really just easily dispatch them, it's kind of hard for me to just like go right away Celtics. Yeah, I I think the Celtics are the more talented team. They just are. I think there's more talent there. I think they're a better team. But I think Miami's role players have stepped up beyond being role players. You know, Jimmy Butler's Jimmy Butler. You know, out of bio is out of bio, but their role players have really stepped up. Hero has looked like a hero. I mean, he's looked nice. great. He's looked amazing. And, and so, you know, if, if guys like him start playing or continue to play as they've been playing, yeah, hard to root against that. You know, really hard to root against that. I, I think if I'm a betting man, I'm taking the Celtics in six. But wow, is that going to be entertaining? And then we'll end it here with something that also is oddly unrealistic. Let's switch gears quickly and go to baseball. In the National League West, the Dodgers were the team to beat 
not just in the West, but probably in all of baseball, and have put together an unbelievable season in the first 45 games out of the 60 games. And yet the San Diego Padres are two and a half games out of first place and look just as good. If these two teams meet, and they meet in the NLCS, are you betting against Slam Diego? Bobby, it's tough for me to go against the Dodgers. I mean, they seem to never win the big game. You know, they got the World Series a few years ago. They've been in the NLCS, seems like every year, basically for the last 10 years. And yet, they just keep doing it. They just keep winning games. They, you know, they add pieces every year. And the Padres are a super fun story. And if they met earlier in the playoffs in a three-game series, I mean, it'd be tough to bet against the Padres Mm -hmm. because that's Mm -hmm. just, you know, look, a three-game series, anybody could beat anyone, of course. You get a couple of good starts and you're well on your way. I think that the Dodgers are just, to me, too powerful machine. They haven't even, they haven't shown like really any weakness this year. I mean, they've been good. I know it's a short season, but they just they've they've consistently won. They haven't had like really any tough stretches, and so I'm still going with the Dodgers. That's an easy, obviously, that's an easy pick. But man, the Padres are fun. They're so fun. They've won seven in a row. Pretty quietly, also, people aren't really talking that they have this winning streak they're on. I mean, in a seven-game series, I hear you, it's tough to get a bet against the Dodgers, but we've talked about teams of destiny before. We talked about the Royals. We've talked about the Heat right now. I mean, this is a fun team to watch, and they gel, and they have such good chemistry. NLCS, Padres, Dodgers, I'm taking Padres in seven. Wow, Bobby, going out on a limb. And you know what? It's funny because L.A. is obviously the much bigger market, and you'd think like Major League Baseball, of course, wants the L.A. market in the World Series. But it might be better, honestly, for, for San Diego to, to get some notoriety. And like that's a team that I think a lot of people could get behind. You get some exposure for some of your real young stars. Like the Dodgers are the Dodgers. We know what they are. They're always going to be a big market team. They're always going to get the numbers. But, like, for baseball to be popular again, you want guys like Tatis and Machado being in the spotlight. Hell yeah. You want them in the spotlight. You want to see a fun series. Baseball is back. It is fun. Take a look at those Padres, man. You won't regret it. Football is back, Jared. And just like football, trivia is back. Thankfully, it never left. Thankfully, yes, I agree. Now, last week was, I don't know if that was my most embarrassing moment in trivia, but it is absolutely up there and very well could have been. Yeah, it's, uh, Jr. on the Reds, though, I mean, that was, that was up there. I'm not going to forget that. True, true. It's not good for you, Bobby, that we can even have this conversation. It's bad. It doesn't look good. But listen, there have been some great moments. You know, the Jamie Moyer moment lives on in infamy. And so, oh, listen, maybe, that was beautiful. Maybe, beautiful. This is, maybe this is the week where I get back on the track and we start over as your reigning, defending world heavyweight trivia champion as we bring in the Quizmaster. How you doing? Doing well, guys. How about you? We'll see. I guess we'll see after this. <laughs> yes, we will. So today, we're going to flip the script a little bit and you guys are going to ask the questions. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh boy. Have you guys ever played 20 questions? I have played 20 questions before. As have I. So this quiz has been taken from 
Puck Soup, my favorite podcast, besides this one. this one. Let me catch myself, will you? <laughs> <laughs> so I have in front of me five baseball players. You're going to pick one at random, and you guys are going to ask 20 questions. You'll, you'll flip back and forth. Yes or no questions only. I will answer them, and at any moment, you can guess the player. They're all active. Are we only allowed to guess when it is our turn to ask a question? No. You can guess on the other guy's question. Okay. 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 Let's do it. You're getting the yes or no questions really good. So you're off to a great start. (laughs) All right. Let's do this thing. All right. So So Jared is the defending champ. Pick a number one through five. Four. Cowderkin Jr. Uh, Okay. Strike one. (laughs) All right. So Jared you get to ask the first yes or no question. Okay. Is this player a pitcher? He is not. Is this player currently playing in the American League? He is. Is this player an infielder? He is not. Does this player play in the American League East? He does. Has this player ever made an all-star team? He has not. Does this player play the outfield? He does. It's a good thing you said infielder and pitcher, so that was a useless question. (laughs) I I wasn't sure if we were counting catcher as infielder. That's fair. That's actually a good point. He's an outfielder, so you got that. Is this player still on his rookie contract? He is not. He is not. Has this player ever hit 30 or more home runs? In a season? In a season. Yeah, and he has not. In his career, he has. Is this player over 33 years old? He is not. Does this player play on a team south of New Jersey? He does not. So we're talking Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays. He's, it's not. I don't think it's anyone on the Yankees because the big guys have all... Is it Brett Gardner? It's not. Bobby, take a seat for this round. You know what? I'll just ask it. Does this guy play on the Red Sox? He does not. Okay, it's a Blue Mm. Jay. Mm. You should ask if he plays in Toronto or Buffalo. (laughs) I can't let you think of the outfielders. I know the Mets just played them, so I should know this. I should know who's in their outfield. But it's like, it's not a young guy. I mean, he's not older than 33, but he's not on his rookie contract. I can't think of like who plays the outfield for that I'm team. I'm struggling right now. I'm stumped. I-, I can't even throw out a guess here. You have questions. Ask them. You have six more. But I already like have it narrowed down. What, what more could I narrow? He's an outfielder on the Toronto Blue Jays who's not young. Never made an all-star team. He's not like particularly notable. I mean, you can confirm certain details if you want. You can try and narrow it down even more. Has this guy ever played on a team other than the Blue Jays? Yes. Was All that right, team so... in the American League? Yes. Four more. Has he played on more than two teams, including Toronto? No. Okay, he's only played on two teams. There's another American League team. Three more questions. Was that team in the American League East? No. Oh, man, I thought I had one, but it, you're saying it's an Two. American League team, so it can't be Randall Grichik. <laughs> Randall Grichik. You have two more questions. I'm out. I just, I, I mean, this is, I'm not going to, it's not going to matter for me. 
Are you going to tap out? I'm tapping out. The correct answer is Aaron Hicks. He never played for the Blue Jays. Damn it. Wow. <laughs> you, wow. you pigeonholed them. You said he wasn't on the Yankees. You're right. You know what? I was thinking of like Judge, Stan, those guys obviously made all-star teams. Clint Frazier's too young. He's on his rookie contract. You weren't even on the same planet. That, no. that's, a, that's a shame. That's bad. That, that is bad. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bobby, you're going to get point five. Oh, points for Bobby. <laughs> okay. So Bobby gets the tiebreaker now because of that. All right, Bobby, one, two, three, or five? I'll take five. All right. You can start. Is this player a pitcher? Yes. Is he a starting pitcher? Yes. Does he play in either of the West divisions? No. Interesting question. That was three. Does he play in either of the Central divisions? He does not. Okay. All right. I now know where he primarily plays (laughs) on the East Coast. Is he in the American League? No. Has he ever made an all-star team? Yes. I don't want to throw out a name. It's a mistake. The fact that you're not throwing out a name right now. It's too early for me. I know. I know. know. You only asked six questions. You basically narrowed down which division he plays in. Yeah. Has he ever won a Cy Young? He has not. So that throws off DeGrom Scherzer. Has he ever played for another team? Yes. Has he ever struck out more than 180 batters in a season? Uh, That's a very specific guess. And the correct answer is he has. Has he ever won a World Series? He has. Patrick Corbin. Correct. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well done. Well done. So it's one to a half. All right, Jared. One, two, or three? Number two for not the best shortstop ever, Derek Jeter. J.J. Hardy. Great. I can tell you he's neither Jeter nor Hardy, so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, go on ahead. Jared, start us off. Is this player a pitcher? He is not. Does this player play in the American League? He does not. Is this player an outfielder? He is not. Three. Does this player have any seasons with 30 or more home runs? Uh, No. That's four. Does this player play in the National League Central? He does not. Five. Does this player play in the East? National League nope. is? Nope. nope. Okay. Has this player ever made an all-star team? Yes. Has this player played for multiple teams? Yes, he has. It's eight. Okay. Has this player ever won a World Series? He has not. Has this player ever stolen more than 25 bases? Oh, I like this. Uh, he is not. Is this player under 30? No. Does this player play a corner position? Yes. Okay, that's 10. You're halfway there. I think he's an infielder. <laughs> I think we just established that. Well, technically corner outfield. Good, I'm glad he said that because I was thinking corner outfield Oh, well. <laughs> no, you got me. <laughs> okay, so now we know he's an infielder. He's an infielder. He's in the National League West. I mean, you asked the, you answered the question anyway, so whatever. There you go. I, I don't feel so bad. <laughs> okay. You're asking great questions, I gotta say. 
you're doing the right thing. Has he played on any teams in the American League? Nope. Okay, so Justin Turner's out. That's 11. Is he above 34? Yes. And he's never played in the American League, so it can't be Longoria. And it can't be Machado. And it can't be Hosmer. You said he's over 34, so it's not Arenado. Mm, I may have it. I'm going to do it. Daniel Murphy. Yep. Yes. Nice. Well done. Very nice. Well I two-time reigning, defending, undisputed world heavyweight trivia champion, Jared Wiesel. Just want to thank all my fans out there. Fans. Well, you redeemed yourself. Fans, my toughest. That was a redemption round for Jared after that Aaron Hicks debacle. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I need a a little fire lit under my butt. That's what did it. Yeah, definitely. Quizmaster, Um, thank you so much. This was... Listen, I I loved this one. This one mm -hmm, was great. I had mm -hmm. a blast. Yeah, we could do it again sometime. I'll pick up more random players. Love it. Still didn't choose on two of them, so yeah. Love it. Thank you so much, Jared. I will go walk to my corner now. Yeah, get out of here. (laughs) Winner's circle here. Bobby, it's time for us to unveil our champ and chumps of the week. You have the champ nomination this week, so who do you have for us? Let's bring out the hardware, and this week, let us award the hardware for Chatter Champ of the Week to starting pitcher Alec Mills. Did you see his accomplishment this week? I just want to say, this is a shocker. I thought you were going to go yourself for this Bucks call that you had. (laughs) I mean, I I deserve it. (laughs) I'm glad to see you recognizing other people's accomplishments. (laughs) This was too good to pass up. Alec Mills this week throws a no-hitter for the Chicago Cubs. Now, no-hitters in baseball, I don't know about you, but to me, they don't feel as special as they used to. Absolutely. They're still amazing feats, and like the ability for a pitcher to do that hasn't changed. It just seems like it happens way more often than it used to. I think all this like strikeout home run stuff has, has made it a little easier to do because nobody like tries to just put the ball in play. It's they're just trying to hit home runs, but that doesn't, you're right. That doesn't take away from still being a great accomplishment for sure. doesn't take away and he deserves the champ for that alone, but there's so much more to this story. This guy played college baseball at the university of Tennessee at Martin. This guy wasn't recruited there. That's the crazy part about this. He walks by practice one day and tells the coach, he says, hey, I'm good enough to pitch on your team. And he's like, okay. Gets on the team, pitches, gets drafted in the 22nd round, makes his way through and throws a no-hitter on the major league level. I mean, yes, the no-hitter doesn't mean as much maybe as it used to, but it's still an unbelievable feat. And for a guy like this to come from – I mean – Hell, I've walked by my baseball field when I was going to college so many times. Like, yeah, I could totally play. Meanwhile, absolutely not. But he actually did it. He's like, I could pitch in your team. And now he throws a no-hitter against the greatest baseball players in the world. That's crazy, no? 
Yeah, it, it's really awesome. You love to hear stories like that. I guess there's still hope for you, Bobby. If Alec Mills can do it, why can't you? But yeah, it, look, he's, he'll have that for the rest of his life. Like, it's awesome, of course, to play. Any, I mean, just making it to the major leagues for a normal person, obviously, that's an amazing accomplishment. But he'll be able to tell his grandkids someday that, like, he threw a no hitter, which is something that, like we said, doesn't feel as special as it once did. But still, a hell of an accomplishment for a guy who, who pretty much came out of left field to do it. It's an awesome story. Awesome story. The dude is absolutely worthy this week of our chatter champ. Now, Jared, we usually wind up ending with the champ because you like to end with some feel-good news. But this week, we're ending in the gutter. Please tell me what you have planned for the chatter chump this week. This was a really tough one, Bobby. I kind of went back and forth in this in my mind a lot. I'm going to give the chump to the fans in Kansas City who booed the Chiefs-Texans show of unity. So before the inaugural game last week of the NFL season, the Chiefs and Texans have this show of unity. They lock arms. And you could audibly hear on television people there. I think there were like 17,000 people in the stands. And I have no idea how many of them were booing. It's it's impossible to know. It could have been a very small number of that 17,000. I'm going to hope and assume that it was. But on the one hand, it's like, look, we talked last week about how players should be allowed to express their opinions. They're just like anybody else in society. And for people to think that they are not going to use their platforms to advocate a message they believe in, it's just that's not the world we live in anymore. And so on the one hand, I'm thinking, look, if they have that right, so do the people in the stands, right? Like mm-hmm. if they don't agree mm-hmm. with whatever it is a player, a, a particular player, a group of players is aligning themselves with, then like why can't they express their opinion? And they can. That, that's, that's a fair point. And maybe they shouldn't be the chumps this week. But it's like, we didn't think we were going to have football this year. We weren't sure if we were going to have any sports. We finally get to the first NFL game of the season. It's like this feel-good moment. The Texans and Chiefs have this show of unity, which is like not even... Look, I I guess if you're booing, you're associating it with a message that you don't agree with. But it's like such a bland term, like a show of unity. It was like against racism, right? Like not against any specific person or organization. It's just against racism, the idea as a whole, right? And you would hope that every person in this country could agree with that message. Like racism is bad. It's not something that like we should be disagreeing with. If you can't get to that point, then like you can't even have a conversation with that person. And yet you have people in the stands booing. And it's like, guys, can you just like, this is against racism. This should be like a feel good moment. Like everyone agrees racism is bad. Football's back. Let's like go into the season feeling good. And you have these audible boos coming from the stands. And it's like, I just don't really get it. And for that reason, I have to make those people the chumps. It's so weird. I've really tried because I was of the same mindset that you brought up before, which is, you know, if the players want to express their beliefs, so too the fans have equal allowance per se to do that. But I really tried to look at this and like, what, what do you really disagree with? Because the things that the fans who were booing would be disagreeing with weren't even the things that were happening on that field. It's so weird. And it was just a bad look, you know, as you said, football comes back and you have it hosted in a place where there are fans and it's loud and raucous and you're expecting this great thing. And then you have people booing game one. I mean, 
come on, that's just it's is it as bad as the fans throwing things on the court at Malice in the Palace? Maybe not. But is it an awful look? Yeah. Jared, let's close out the week with the return of one of my personal favorite segments that we do. Could it work? This week, you've got a proposal. I'm excited to hear it. Tell me what you got. We haven't done this in a while, Bobby. I'm excited to bring it back. And as we've talked about a lot in this episode, this marked the first week of the NFL season. And so it feels only right to do an NFL themed could it work. And we've talked in the past about different ideas for the onside kick. And we're going to stay with that theme here. Okay. I think everyone would agree that the onside kick has become just ordinary it's not like exciting anymore if you're relying on it like the vast majority of the time it's not going to work out for you and they've changed the rules so that you can't line up like a million guys on one side it almost never works i give a lot of credit to the kickers who come up with new ways to kick it you have like the bouncing kick the bloop kick you know like the Mm -hmm. into the Mm -hmm. ground pop-up kick to kick it straight at a guy there's like they've done a good job with that but even so it's just like not exciting anymore as much as it used to be. Maybe it was just because I was a kid, I thought it was more exciting, but like for whatever reason, it's, it's just not, it's not there for me anymore. So I thought, how can we make this better? And so the proposal that I have for you is a team would have two options to get the ball back after a score. Option A is the conventional onside kick. You line up, whatever it is, six guys, kicks it, kicker kicks it into the pile. Nine times out of 10, you don't get it. If that even. Option two would be you clear the entire field. It's just the kicker on the field, the kicker kicking off. You have to declare what you're doing, which would be this idea. The kicker has to kick the ball from his own 30-yard line where the normal kickoff occurs through the opposite uprights. So that's an 80-yard kick through the uprights. Pressure is on in that like the kicker is the only person on the field. It's kind of like when you see a, a basketball player shooting a free throw at the end of a game where it's like the guy's the only person on the field. And so if the kicker kicked it 80 yards through the uprights, his team would get the ball back. Bobby, could it work? Okay. I'm going to push back in a couple areas and try and ask some questions here for clarity. Question one. If they kick it through the uprights and they're successful, where do they get the ball? Say, if you recover an onside kick, it's usually at like about midfield. So let's just, let's just call it you get it at your own 45-yard line. Okay. If you – do you have to elect to do this so there's like not even another team on the field? Yeah, you have to declare to do this. And the other side of this is if you don't hit it, the other team will get the ball at midfield. At midfield. Okay. There's no faking this. You, you can't say we're trying to kick it through the uprights, then like three seconds later a bunch of guys run on the field and you do this onside kick. It's like an offensive lineman coming in declaring eligible. The ref declares like the, the Washington football team is going to do the kick through the uprights thing, <laughs> whatever the name is. <laughs> I haven't come up with that yet. <laughs> and we're going to see what happens. This could be really interesting because – you know, I don't, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but the, the probability of recovering an onside's kick is astronomically low. 
and and it's meant to be so, right? Because otherwise everybody would do it. Right. I would wonder what those numbers look like to kick the ball through the uprights. Because already right now we have kickoffs going through the end zone. You know, that happens several times a game, probably for both sides. But are they able to kick it through the uprights? And would you risk it? And at what point was your risk? You know, like Sean Payton called an onside kick in the Super Bowl coming out of halftime. You know, you're not going to run that play, right? Like you, or maybe you would. Maybe you feel like you have a better shot. Do you then hire? You know, you have a kickoff specialist, but like an onside kickoff spell specialist. Right. You know what right. I, mean? I wonder if a team like the Ravens would just like would they do this with Justin Tucker like two times a game kind of thing? Be like. We're just, like, so good, and our kicker is so good. He's, like, probably, if not the best, one of the best of all time. He's got distance, got the accuracy. Like, could we, is this, like, a huge advantage for a team like the Ravens? It's interesting you say that because I was thinking about it from the opposite end of a team that's down or is not that right. good, which is the obvious way to think about it. But that's, that's interesting that if you're the Ravens and you're up, you know, let's say you're up 14 at halftime, and you come out of half and you're kicking the ball, and you're like, you know what, actually – we're not going to kick it to you. We're going to try and do this. And if they don't, the team gets the ball at the 50-yard line. You still have Baltimore's defense to go through. Right. That's not a bad idea. I wonder if there needs to be some kind of restriction on when you can do it. You can only do it under two-minute warning. Mm -hmm. Like, I wonder what that might look like. But I'm down for this. This This isn't completely outrageous. No, obviously, like, in terms of, like, practicality, could it work? It's obviously, like, it's a 10, I would say. Yeah, like, of course absolutely. they could do this. There's nothing, like, extraordinary about it. It's, like, the entertainment factor that, like, I go back and forth on. You know what I mean? Because it's, like, kicking is not the exciting part of watching football. Nobody watches for the kickers. But on the other hand, like we said, the onside kick has just become so rote and, like, stale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think this could be, like, a fun way to spice it up a little bit it's a lot it's just like a cool spectacle i think like like you said we see a lot of guys kick it through the back of the end zone that's not uncommon anymore since they move the kickoffs to the 30 and just like with all sports the athletes are better the kickers are better than they were 30 40 years ago even 10 years ago and so you have a lot of these like strong-legged kickers that could kick it through the back of the end zone but i can't remember ever seeing someone kick it through the uprights now obviously they're not aiming to do that because like there's no benefit to doing it other than just looking really cool so the question is, could they do it if they tried? Could they do it? Yes. I also think there would probably be a higher success rate than an onside kick. The, the only other point against this that I'll throw out is that in an onside kick scenario, the team that's recovering the onside kick has control over what happens. The ball is kicked at them, and there's some role that they play in re- recovering that ball. In this case, there's, there's nothing you can do if the game is tied or whatever, you don't want to kick the ball away and there's a minute left and you're like, well, we're just going to take our shot. You can't do anything to stop that. That's a fair point. Fine. How about this? This is getting crazy now. I'm Have sure you're familiar. hanging in the uprights trying to block the ball. Kind of. I'm sure you're familiar with the game lineup as a kid. I'm sure you played lineup. Sure. And maybe the most fun part of lineup is bonking, right? Like you miss your shot, you get the rebound, you're waiting for the other guy's shot to come off the rim. It lands perfectly like in your direction. You bonk the hell out of it and that person's screwed. 
Could you have someone like your the other team's quarterback standing, let's say, wherever, basically like wherever they want within 20 yards. Like you can't be obviously standing on top of the kicker. You have some sort of buffer zone, but they can stand wherever they want and they get to throw a ball <laughs> to try to knock the kick out of the air. I love it. You know what, man? That is completely never going to happen. But, man, that sounds great. You just I mean, imagine, it would be like, so hard to do. But if, if it ever happened, it would be amazing. And you had just if – you're, if your quarterback standing 30 yards away and you're like, okay, you throw the ball, whatever you got to do, just make sure – that would be great. You know what? Forget it. That's the proposal. I am 100% in, 10 for realistic – 10 for fun, put it in, send a message to Goodell. I am down. Yeah, I'm going to call him up right after this podcast, tell him I think we're on something here. We have a winner here. (laughs) 20 up, 20 down. Jared, we did it again. Bobby, 21 next week. We, I'm not kidding. We are going out drinking, me, you, and the Chatter Up podcast. I wouldn't have it any other way everyone is invited if you want to know the where and the when reach out to us we can't wait to hear from you and in honor of our 21st episode we have a huge guest new york times best-selling author jeff perlman will be on to discuss his upcoming book three ring circus you're not going to want to miss that interview next week in addition to all the fun and games that we have, and a whole lot more. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast, Spotify, Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter, at chatter underscore up. Definitely follow us on Instagram, same handle, at chatter underscore up. Send us an email, chatteruppodcast at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Ideas, thoughts, criticisms. We want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. We'd love for you to want to hear from us, and we look forward to seeing you next week on episode 21 on the next Chatter Up.